listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stabbacks, and everything Houston Rockets, presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow all of us on Twitter, at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commission, at Summit SOM Pod, and at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. GM. I have an announcement to make. (laughs) Announcement to make. We got a win streak. The countdown to 500 begins in my campaign for playing basketball has risen from the dead like Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday. The Rockets are 5-14 after winning two in a row at home. GM, how are the vibes tonight? Oh, man. The vibes are uh, what, what some would say is... Immaculate, oh, don't right? Don't say it. I always said it. It's too <laughs> uh, easy. What, what I'm going to say is that Boo. last night's victory was a wonderful thing. Then let me tell you why. The Rockets dominated from whistle to whistle. And for the first time this season, it felt like the Rockets had a semblance of confidence, cohesion, and we, we like the team played together. Shangun had the best game of his career. I would say, near a triple-double last night. Jalen almost got a double-double, 28 points, 9 assists. Jabari Smith was seemed to be dominating on the defensive end to the tune of also 15 points and 13 rebounds. So overall, the team looked so good. Welcome back, Gary Bird. Garrison Matthews had some uh, confidence swagger in his step a little bit, you know. But overall, it was a great game. Uh Full disclosure, Kenny and I were there last night uh, for that game to watch the Rockets against the Thunder, and then the night before, the Rockets played the Hawks, and we got a come-from-behind victory there. Isn't that right, Kenny? Yeah, no, we had so much fun that last game that we went to, that OKC game. Uh, we were able to secure some great tickets, and uh, it was it was just a great overall game from, uh, it was like, a, what is it, uh, bell to bell, <laughs> from whistle to whistle. Uh, what do you, what was that saying? Uh, no, there's a saying for that, right? What is it called? Oh, I, I don't even remember. It's not man. bell to bell. It's, it's not like, whistle to whistle either. There's a, there's a saying to I it. I know that there's a saying, yeah, but I don't, saying? I, it's not going to, it's not coming uh, to me right now. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what it is, but I think just overall these last two games were just, you know, it's just what the doctor ordered. You know, you were, you were straggling at three and 14. You were just no, like no semblance of identity whatsoever. Like, and last year we started one and sixteen, obviously, and being three fourteen was like a very minute um, win differential to be able to gain two more wins as opposed to just being one and sixteen. But it just didn't like there was something hollow about that three and fourteen record. So the fact that we were able to get two in a row at home as a confidence boost for the team to get these types of wins, because I still think and I still believe in my heart of hearts that we're more talented across the board than all the bottom teams, the bottom feeder teams in the NBA currently. I still think we have, like, 
tops of terms of talent. I think it's just a matter of the rotation, the matters of, you know, sticking with the defensive plan, the scheme that they're going to run and putting everything together, you know, and playing winning basketball and playing for each other. And these past two games were it was incredible to see and it was so fun to watch. So, GM, let's let's backtrack over here. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks, obviously, that big Friday game that was obviously more, I guess, more excitable. To the to the to the fans, because I could say that. I mean, yeah. there was a lot that was going on in this game. Dejounte Murray hits a three on Jabari Smith Jr. and then taps him on the back of the head, and then anger arises, and there's just a lot of disrespect on the floor from the Atlanta Hawks side, and for the Houston Rockets to somehow come back, get a victory over the Atlanta Hawks, and to humble them, send them home, and let them know like you can't. You can't sun us, man. Yeah, no, exactly. And the, and the Rockets ended up taking that victory, uh, 128 to 122, behind the backs of just the the comeback. They were down by as much as 16 going into that uh, third quarter with about like seven minutes, seven and a half minutes left in the game. They were down by 16 points when you know the egregious taunts occurred. Uh, shameless plug, by the way, if you listen, if you like reading articles, you can read my article uh, because I did cover that. Um, it was a 16 point, it was a 16 point lead. And it was a 10-point lead initially when DeJounte Murray hit the first three and taps Jabari Smith on the head. And then the subsequent play that follows is a Jalen Green turnover, which ended up leading to a no-look pass from DeJounte Murray straight to a Trey Young for another wide-open three. And and it was more or less a taunting, like dancing down the court, you know, just really celebrating when you're up ahead. And, and on a personal note, because I play basketball, there's nothing that peeves me more in basketball than watching people just kind of start celebrating as if they had already won the game when there's still time to play. Uh, that just really, really irks me because it's just kind of like you guys are like, you know what I mean? Like, let's keep the same energy. If you're going to dance, dance when you're dance when you're up one. You know, if you don't dance when you're up 16, 17, or 20, um, you know, keep keep the level of professionalism because you are playing a professional game. But I understand that people want to have fun. That's that's a whole other thing. But by and large here, what ended up happening was once they take that 16-point lead and the, the scrum ends up occurring, a little kerfuffle, if you will, and uh, Jalen Green and Jabari Smith are at the, at the lip of that whole thing. And I think what was so dope about that whole scene taking place was you could tell from another camera angle, and if you're able to look up on the ca- other camera angles on YouTube, you can find it, but there's an, an alternative camera angle where Jabari's already like talking to DeJounte Murray and Trey Young as like they're crossing half court. Mm-hmm. So there's already like, you know something, if you were already something privy to brewing. it, if you are paying attention at the game, you would already see something kind of boiling over and what i thought was so cool about it was the fact that jabari smith stepped up and spoke to them Dejounte murray does the small does does uh the does the oh you're too small for me and then it triggers jalen jalen steps in and says hell no like you're not going to talk to my teammate that way like i don't appreciate that so i think that was a character building moment for the two most important players on the team, in my opinion, Jabari Smith and Jalen Green, to kind of build upon the bond that they have, to not to know that like there's still work to be done in terms of their chemistry, but I think it's so dope just kind of seeing them come to each other's rescue in a way, 
to know that they're like a band of brothers here and that they're there to defend each other and they're there to kind of lift each other up when they get down in these moments. And I think it was really cool that the the two people that were in the trenches were the top two picks of the last two years. Yep. Like, that's so dope when you think about it. Like, you'd think like it'd be like a Garrison Matthews, maybe a KPJ. Shangun would never be in the middle of that scrum. Mm. Um, you know, like, I think it's just so dope that the two players that you're basically betting the farm on as of this moment, the top two picks of the last two years are basically in the middle of it all. I thought that that was super cool. I thought that was super dope. Jim, let's let's kind of just go into that. How did you feel? Like kind of like when you saw? I know you weren't you weren't privy to that moment because you were, you were not able to watch the game live. Unfortunately, you were a busy man uh, celebrating a little pre birthday activities. But uh, when you were kind of able to catch up on it and see the highlights of it and watch the plays kind of unfold, how did you feel when you saw it happen? Um, it felt really good, man, um, to see us fight and to see that the team had Jabari Smith's back. I think that's a big deal considering that he is a rookie. He is the top rookie um, in terms of draft positioning for for this team. And to see the team stick together and to understand like, hey, this is my teammate. This is my guy. We do not take this level of disrespect from some dude who got a max contract from San Antonio. And, um, you know, like that to me, it's like, you know, and then the king of like the king of Seattle sports, DeJounte Murray fancies himself in that sense, right? That he is like the best player from Seattle. You know, um, it's, it just seems like guys from the area, like there's just a higher level of trash talking. Be completely yeah. transparent, oh, yeah. you know, especially when From they all Seattle, play against yeah. each other. Absolutely, you know, and it, it's a thing. And uh, honestly, it's cool. I mean, trash talk is a product of high level sports. Yeah, no, and, I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah, normal. And but yeah. there's a certain um, way to conduct yourself when you do play, and the way that they did it in terms of this showboating, self righteous, bragging type of style, especially Trey Young, who is the like you say to the biggest heel in the NBA probably you know he garners a lot of booze and he knows it he buys into it um DeJounte Murray has just kind of doubled down on that as his tag team partner and I mean he was he was a fool though I mean like even mm-hmm. like people are saying that like he the the they kind of let the cat out of the bag when he left San Antonio because Pops is kind of keeping him under the branch of like mm-hmm. protection but no actually you can look search up gifts right now just type in James Harden and DeJounte Murray and you'll see what DeJounte Murray did I mean it wasn't it was a little it was a little bit more far in between like it didn't mm-hmm. happen as often but you saw like shades of like DeJounte Murray's like like yeah. foolishness like it happened like it was a thing absolutely and the thing I don't like is that they act like they've won something, but the furthest they've gone is what the freaking uh, conference finals. Conference finals without DeJo- with uh, granted without a Dejounte Murray, but that, that was, was two years ago. In man. my opinion, that was also a very lucky year for them. Yeah, it wasn't just my. That's my opinion. Yeah, it just wasn't anything, right? And they don't. They have earned nothing in this league. I mean, you know, if you see teams like the Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks do that, I get it. Those guys have won titles, even to an extent. The Phoenix Suns. They have Chris Paul. It is who it is, right? But when you're the Atlanta Hawks, who have accomplished probably nothing in the NBA. Literally nothing. Um, how, Why? I don't know. I mean, they they came into Houston thinking that they could dominate. I understand that. We're the worst team in the league. But against that the worst time. team in the league. Exactly. Like, dance and, you know, if you're people, up. People, oh, man. Like, they like, they're... I feel how I feel about it. They are who they are, you know? And a part of you playing that brand of basketball and acting that way is that you will be humbled and so be it they live with that 
It'll be what it is. No, but I thought the most hilarious part about this whole thing was that Trey Young comes on Twitter the next day acting all butthurt when I'm like, dude, you started it. Like exactly. Like if Those you can't, guys, if you, like if you can't take it, don't dish it out, man. Like if you can't take, mm-hmm. if you can't take the noise coming right back at you a thousandfold, then don't don't start it. Like I agree. you're you're against the worst team in the league. There's like no need to dance and bop the back of someone's head you know who by the way in my opinion is the best rookie defender in the nba today Mm -hmm. i don't understand maybe that's why because he felt that he knew that jabari smith maybe you know and maybe there's stuff that we're we're not reading between the lines there might have been moments where jabari might have said something that maybe might have triggered it maybe you just never know because jabari is known for being that person of just being ultra competitive and saying stuff like that happens it's it's gamesmanship it's gamesmanship so i don't you know like it, I, like I didn't take it personally. I thought it was hilarious. Um, like for me, I just thought it was hilarious. Like as a fan, I'm like, this is great. And then you know we get to shut them up, so it's even more hilarious. On top of that, you just lost. You had a 16 point lead about midway through the third quarter, and you still lost with Trey Young, with Dejounte Murray, with the Clint Capella. Combining for what 80 points or something? 80, 81 points, and then you still lost to the at the time the worst team in the NBA. And the most hilarious part on top of that was the fact that, like I said, Trey Young comes back the next day, Dejounte Murray the next day, and they're acting all butthurt as if they're the victims. And I'm like, dude, y'all start it like don't be mad because don't be mad just because like you know you guys weren't able to close when you should have closed and and assert your dominance because you are the fourth seed in the eastern conference you are the top four team you were 11 and 8 like you have 11 wins there the rockets have five uh, no the rockets had three wins going into that game there's an eight game win differential between the two teams there's no way you should lose that game you're up 16 halfway through the third quarter so they just straight up blow it and then on top of it like they're taking it personally, the fact that Jalen Green is waving waving bye-bye to them. Well, freaking DeJounte Murray was doing the you're too small. They were too busy dancing and, and bopping each people yeah, in the back of the head. I mean, like, come there's, on. There's, like, there's a- just, 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 you know, if you can't, like I said, bottom line, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. And people take Exactly. There's been there's been instances, more than, more than a few instances, when I play basketball and then, I, I'm not going to say who, someone, you know, someone will, will say something and then I'll get the win and then I'll say something back and then people sometimes won't like it and i'm like dude if you can't take it if you can't if you can't take it then don't start dishing it first if i if i close the book on you and i win and i win the game for my team like don't take it personally if i say something back because you started it i just finished it that's just the that's the way the game should be played that's basketball mm-hmm. but yeah let's go let's expand upon that right now so overall it was a successful comeback uh, for our Rockets, like we said, once they went on to that big lead, they were down 74-290. Uh, it was actually at 645 mark in the third quarter. And the Rockets proceed to go on a 54-32 to run to end the game. GM, when you get to Repeat see Repeat that it, again? They, they ended the game on a 54-32 to run after they were down 74-90. to Goodness gracious. Yeah. 54 points like talk about talk about triggering the uh talk about triggering another team like by the way that you are acting like it was nuts so Jalen Green and Jabari Smith combined for 51 points eight of 20 combined from three it was it was amazing but I think that the the best part about the game though besides obviously the big moment when they were doing what they were doing it was the defensive stops man 
it was their ability. It was Jalen. It was the fact that Jalen took it upon himself to step up on Trey Young to be the man that says, you know, I'm going to guard Trey Young. He wants, he, it wasn't any, like, he didn't switch onto him. He wanted the assignment yeah. of guarding Trey Young while uh, Jabari wanted uh, DeJounte Murray. So I think it was so cool the fact that our top two guys were, wanted to go head to head against their top two guys. How did, how would you, how do you feel knowing that? You have someone like a Jalen and Jabari who are basically dogs, and they want to come in and basically guard the best the best uh, players on the other team in the fourth quarter. It just shows that this these guys are not afraid of any challenge. Um, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, especially like those guys. He just they're prepared for the moment, and whether or not like mentally correct, like obviously we're still a young team. They have the want and the desire, and that's all you want out of your stars that are willing to pick up the best players. I mean, shout out to Jabari as well, man. Uh, we ran a five-out offense, and he was playing the small ball five. Technically, quote-unquote, small ball, he's 6'11", but granted, he is underfilled under, under <laughs> in forms of his frame, but you know, he is certainly not small ball big. Um, he he can play like a small ball big, absolutely. But I'm gonna say this is that this is that's certainly a lineup you're gonna probably be more privy to uh, later on into the season. Um, if a team, if a you know Alperen Shangun or Upson Garuba are in foul trouble in some form of fashion, we might see the Jabari Smith. Uh, you know, small ball five offense and defense. Sorry, I didn't just cut it completely on the foot on the offensive side. But you know, it it showed a lot in terms of especially like like you state Kenny, the captain of the defense, Jabari Smith Jr. He is that guy, and he will be that guy for this team um in the future in terms of leading this defensive on the defensive side of the ball. I think that Jabari has shown a lot, and you know. There will be people that will give me crap because I was a Paulo guy. But Jabari is proving to be the third overall pick and showing how well of a fit he is on this team. And I won't deny that. I like Jabari Smith. And it's very, um, not relieving, what's the word? It's just It feels really good to see him taking charge on the defensive end and seeing him just play with a lot more confidence in that sense. There were a lot of plays where Jabari was able to just kind of get his hands in in the cookie jar many times in the fourth quarter and just to be able to kind of just step in in these in these moments against these teams um a, a really good team in Atlanta um a definite playoff team and to be able to kind of have that and to know that you have a Jabari Smith and, and like I'm saying guys this team is vastly like on paper at least this team was vastly more talented than last year because you essentially switch out a Christian Wood for a Jabari Smith Jr. who doesn't whatever Christian Wood like I said doesn't doesn't you know sorry whatever you don't get on offense from Jabari Smith like from like I say a Christian Wood you get it a thousandfold on the defensive end everybody was kind of ready to write the book off on Jabari Smith Jr. after the first 10-15 games and then now you're kind of starting to see the comfort level get there and also I'm seeing him also get louder I'm seeing him starting to get more verbal which is great because that's just a sign of just comfortability, confidence. And it's so key to the type of player that he is and how he operates. But I want to go more depth on Jabari Smith just a little bit later. But I want to spotlight this guy. I want to give him his props. And I need to announce that um, I, I, I'm not backtracking on a statement by any means. 
but I do need to acknowledge the fact that this man has earned his place in the starting lineup, and that is K.J. Martin. He came in on that Friday. Like, if you try to understand from K.J.'s perspective, he's like... He's like your spot starter. Like he's he's a he in in my eyes as of right now he's like he reminds me so much of like a like a an or like a or like a uh, or like a Luis Garcia. You know what I mean? Like they're they're starters. They should start. You know they they look like starters. You just you're just in the lineup where there's too many there's too many you know there's there's t- not not talented players quote unquote yeah. but like Jay Sean Tate is it was injured has been injured too and Jay yeah. Sean would probably should start mm-hmm. but then they want to start Eric Gordon you know you you have Jabari Smith that's also there as the forward and then you have Tari Eason that's vying for minutes as well. There's not that that point to be a starter and then they're pushing him into these random spots where like oh, oh hey uh you're gonna start this game and then the following game the following night oh you're coming off the bench it's like his ability his professionalism to kind of come on and come on strong and it like shows a lot but the fact of the matter is that he came in on a spot start on friday against a really good atlanta team and he drops 21 points he gets he he gets a double double and 21 points 15 rebounds 10 of 13 from the floor i mean i've been very critical of him um during the at least the season but there's no i'm at a juncture now at this point from the last time that we had that we had come on which was a week before i've seen enough just from this week alone to say that okay i think we're at a point now where because eric gordon should not be starting i'm sorry that's a whole nother conversation yeah eric Eric gordon Gordon should not be starting but kj martin has unequivocally deserved and earned the small forward position on the rockets over to you gm your thoughts on kj martin Oh man, I agree with you. Um, in terms of your comparison of players, I will say that he's more along the Christian Javier path of becoming a starter, where he was groomed to be the long reliever. Oh, good call. And you good know call. he's like Christian Javier had two pitches, but his two pitches are very, very, very good in terms of execution. KJ Martin does two really does two things really well for this team in terms of what he brings to the table, uh, cutting to the basket, and finishing at the basket. We can even add his three-point shot. His three-point shot has fluctuated, but it is always it is trended up since his rookie year. And the way that he has played, the way he looks, especially alongside the likes of a um, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., um, I believe he plays so well off of those guys because he moves off the ball. Um, especially when Alperin Shangun's in the game, he's looking for somebody. And when you got guys like that that move off the ball that much and that effectively, they will be rewarded. And excuse me, when you got guys like Jalen KPJ and LP, he's gonna be rewarded consistently for his movement, and he always makes it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, defensively, mm-hmm. granted, he has he has performed a little bit better. Um, his one-on-one defense still questionable, but he's still there. Uh, he can be improved and. I believe that he is a crucial piece to the puzzle now, man, and he has shown that he has earned the right to start. Um, Eric Gordon should be coming off the bench. Eric Gordon, I don't even know if he should still be on this team, um, but hey, it is. He's, what it he's is. just here so he doesn't get fined. Yeah, like and, like like that's really is know, like I'm just here like, so I don't get fined. Like it, he's really just there at that point. It's fine, but at the end of the day, I agree with you in terms of making sure that. It should be um, it should be KJ Martin starting, and that's just how it should be. Um, there's no argument on that end. Um, he is certainly probably the 
best complimentary piece. Yeah. So. Still not still not a great defender. <laughs> yeah, not means. by any means. Like 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 I, I quest like I'm saying he should start, but I'm still iffy on him closing every game. Like I don't think he should close every single game. I think at this point your surefire closers should be KPJ, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and even to a degree, man, I'm still like 70-30 on Shangun closing. Like, if he's just not feeling like if he's getting completely removed from the game, mm-hmm. like how Kevon Looney did the week before, I just don't, you know what I mean? Then, and if Usman Garuba's just cooking, yeah. you just kind of have to run with it. Yeah. And I don't think KJ Martin is capable, I don't think KJ Martin is capable of being like an everyday closer. He's earned his right to be an everyday starter, though. So, I wanted to give my shout outs to him, and uh, we'll continue to talk about him, especially as we go into the next game, but... GM, let's t- let's talk about this player because all of a sudden he decides to turn back the clock a year. I, I guess it started about right this time too, where they started the seven game win streak, and a certain player decided to uh, expand his wings so he could fly, fly far away. Mister Gary Bird himself, Garrison Matthews, decided to just uh, wake up from the dead and just start lighting it up. Twenty points on four of six shooting uh, from the f- from the uh, three point line. The dude, I mean, I think he's the- he's got to be the quintessential. Like, once you see one shot fall, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all he needs. You know, sometimes he just needs to see one fall. It, it's it, it's it, it it's like that. Um, for someone who plays basketball and who is very much so a rhythm shooter, and needs those touches, even off the pass or to pa- pass out, and to get another opportunity to shoot. Like honestly, as a shooter, touching the ball whether you're shooting or not is so crucial to rhythm. And what I've noticed is Garrison Matthews is starting to be more involved. And he's not shooting at the first touch. He's allowing the game to come back. And if the moment comes back, it arises. That's how it is. And I completely understand that. Like, I get that. I play the exact same way. Not to the near effectiveness as a three-point shot, but, you know, there are nights when you just get super hot. and There are nights when you struggle from the field. And the last couple of games we've seen from Gary Bird, man, and he shot the ball so well. The swagger's back, man. And you can tell that he's playing with confidence. He's starting to get back to where he's trying to jar charges again. I mean, granted, he's still not the best defender. He is he's not that been, good of a defender at all. They kept looking for that but switch, too. The thing about it is that he hustles. Yeah. He plays hard. And offensively, the past couple of nights, he's just played like he's played so well. He's poured it on. For the Rockets, and I think it's so necessary. Um, it helps a lot in terms of what we're trying to accomplish. And when you can get contributions out of a guy like Garrison Matthews, like 20 points uh, against the Hawks, and then 11 points last night against the Thunder, it's a very, very, very big deal. So, um, it just it shows his effectiveness. I mean, he scored 31 points the last two games, and we won both games. What does that tell you? You know, unfortunately, someone will have to lose minutes in regards to that and that goes by the name of Josh Christopher. You know, unfortunately that's how it goes. Which we talked yeah, we were we we kinda of harbored upon on last episode too, you mm-hmm. know. Josh Christopher's kinda of been the uh odd man out. He's been the odd man out unfortunately. Um yeah, for Garrison Matthews when he does well, he really is like you know, people call him like people can call it like the microwave. But I'll even call it more more to that. But like he when he's feeling good he becomes just more active. Like, he just tends to do more. He'll dive on the floor more. 
he'll you know he'll he'll put his body on the line like he'll do he'll draw the charge call he'll die for a loose ball he'll go for the steal like i saw i saw you know a few times during that Atlanta game where he also made a key steal as well towards the end of the game and you know he when he's doing well like he'll enough he, it shouldn't be like that hustle's free jump shots are not free you're not always going to hit them um hustle's always free the, the hustle should always be there a thousand percent just because your shot's not falling um but when he's when his shot is falling he you start to see the impact he makes it's not just the shooting that he does but it's also the ability to just put your body on the line to draw these turnovers on on the de- defensive end that it aren't like stout defense but it's more like you know you're you're an all-out hustle guy that's what you're on the floor for mm-hmm. so put your body on the line you know commit commit the fouls when you have to commit them you have six to give and that's when Garrison Matthews kind of shows his uh, value and I think these last two games you kind of got to see it um, I think they still could have won last game without him, uh, the the Thunder game without him because we just mollywopped the Thunder from from uh from end to end. But um, the la- the game before that, the Atlanta game, which we've been talking about, you, I I can say that he hit uh he hit a few clutch threes and he was able to get some key turnovers just putting his body on the line like that. So he's definitely earned it. Um. Welcome back, Gary Bird. <laughs> Welcome back, Gary Bird. So, okay, GM, let's go ahead and let's close the book on the Atlanta and uh, the Atlanta and the Rockets game because also, you know, there was, a, there was a pretty fun game that we got to experience yesterday, GM. You know, we, we got to go to the Rockets-Thunder game yesterday. It was a lot of fun. Rockets win 118-105. to 105. Um, Like, just kind of, I guess, just you can – you could talk about the experience, I guess, a little bit about it, kind of just getting to see what we kind of got to see with our own eyes as well. Just some stuff that we kind of got to see that's not, I guess, covered in like a TV broadcast. Like, mm-hmm. was there anything that you saw in particular that kind of stood out to you? Because we were like, we we had we had good seats. We were about ten rows out, so we got to kind of see the how the game mm-hmm. was unfolding. I could hear a lot of what Silas was saying, yeah. but how did you feel and like what did you see like throughout the game? Um, I'll say this: like Oklahoma City Thunder should not be the Thunder. They should be the Oklahoma City shy Gilgis Alexanders because he practically carried that team. Um, you know, he is the best player on that squad and he showed it, but <laughs> dude, no Josh Giddy did not look good last night. Lou Dort looks like a linebacker on the floor. That guy is huge. I was like, what the hell, man? He's you, lo- were, you, you were saying that yeah, when you saw him, like you were like, dude, he, he, look, he looks like, like he should yeah. he looks like he should be tackling people on Sundays as well as hooping with the Thunder. But that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, no, I was um, thinking when you said he should be the Shy Gilgis Alexanders, I was like, Man, just call him uh, the Shy Gilgis Alexanders and the Temptations while you're at it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, David Ruffin and mm-hmm. the Temptations. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, overall, the game itself yesterday was really good. Um, it, we it got fun. to see a lot fun. of Alprin Shengun uh, last night and that was something that was great considering that he did not play the night before he had fresh legs in comparison to everyone else because um what was it because the thunder played the night before we played the night before so we were both in the middle in the back end of a back-to-back and lp seemed like he took advantage of that his legs were just a little bit springier we saw him add a little extra effort on the defensive end and he looked very good on that side uh he was hustling he got a few blocks few steals the guy had probably the best overall stat line of his career um 21 points 19 rebounds man he absolutely dominated it and then he put what what's his name um the guy that he did the the little spin move on 
something Michael Earl. Is that his name? I don't remember. No, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He literally did a two-step on him, and he dropped his ass. Yeah, no, Alperin Shangun had an insane stat line. Like, it was very much like a like a Hakeem Olajuwon, like a, like a Nikola Jokic-esque like, game. 21 points, 19 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Like, I mean, Alp was just a menace on the floor last night. It's clear that they wanted to include him into their, like, game plan. And fun fact, GM, he actually ended up having the most touches um of the season and he was tops in getting touches last night which was the first time uh this season that he was able to get that uh garner that honor so it was him and i and then kpj was behind him and then jalen green was behind kpj and then jabari smith was fourth on um touches so i it was just it was one of those games where i don't know what it is about okc it's just like it's like death taxes beat OKC. It's like, yeah. and you know, and I don't understand what it is. And it's not like they're a horrible team. Like they're not even a bad team. They're eight and eleven. Like we gave, they were eight and ten before they faced us. Mm-hmm. Like, like dare I say, like that was kind of where I kind of hoped we would be. Like I hoped we'd be eight and ten, and I still think we could have been eight and ten if we squeaked out some of the close games that we just up and gave away. But GM, what what else? Like did you? So like, LP was obviously like a big part of that like a big part of that game but dude you need a you need a spotlight jalen green 28 points plus 17 on the floor nine assists he was so close gm to getting his first double double of his career what has the bag of jalen green been showing you and his progression throughout the season because we've been knowing that he's been a bucket but what else have you seen in terms of him being an overall playmaker it's vastly improved um for those that have read my article uh, that was released this morning on the game from last night. Um, you can read it on ApolloHOU.com. Absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to emphasize his playmaking. Uh, granted, it, the first half of the game, he had eight assists. He only finished with nine. So the second half, it seemed like, I'm just going to score. But from what it looked like in terms of the way Jalen played, you can tell he was just trying to get everyone involved. And he sure did. Uh, you know, we saw a few possessions where there was pick and pop with Jabari Smith Jr. We saw some Jalen Green getting into the paint on the pick and roll where Al P found a seam and Jalen was able to find him. And so there were a lot of possessions where he looked really good. And Jalen even believes himself that his playmaking abilities are vastly underrated. And we all agree with that. And was that the last eight games he's averaged at least six he's he's put up at least six assists i believe and we're starting to see jalen green unlock a different part of his game and the thing about this especially there are some two guards there are a lot of two guards who can score the ball really 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 well zach levine demar Derozan, as i say a couple right bradley beal who are good two guards but the two guards that can contribute in terms of playmaking as well, is what is the difference between being like an all-star to a superstar. And the way Jalen Green is performing, um, he makes 30 points look, getting 30 points look easy. We're starting to see him make more passes that he is comfortable with. We're starting to see him shoot a lot more effectively from three. We're starting to see that mid-range jumper, that Kobe-esque, Michael Jordan-esque mid-range jumper that was so patented for those guys that Jalen is starting to use a lot more and we're seeing him get a lot more comfortable in his own skin as being the number one guy 
And the only thing I'm going to have to say is in the fourth quarter, it felt like Jalen Green did not get nearly enough touches. They didn't give him any opportunities to try to get that last assist. Um, I think that was very, I think that's important for a young team to help these guys make milestones. Um, it seemed to be more so on the KPJ Alperin Shangun show. Granted, um, I understand, but as a fan, you wanted to see Jalen Green get that double double. That's just me. I think, I think as a player, it means a lot, especially to these young guys to achieve these milestones. And I, I just think that it's, it's, it's fair, man. But at the end of the day, that's just me uh, grasping at straws. I'm big on you know us getting wins and not allowing it to be all about individual accolades. But Jalen played superbly well. I okay, like he didn't have like an insane amount of touches in the fourth, but I thought he had more than enough chances. Like in my opinion, because mm-hmm. he had a few passes to Shingun that Shingun either like blew or like Shingun held it as opposed to like shooting it. And as opposed to, like, making a play, like, right away to where it can lead to an assist. Like, Jalen Green, you can tell, was kind of taking his foot off the gas on the offense. Like, on the scoring end. And you can tell he really, like, every time he got the ball, he was like, okay, I got to get this. I got to get this out to somebody. Yeah, you can so see, could, you can see like, there was score, a lot yeah. of, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. with the ball. Yeah, I mean, there could have been a more. A lot more. And yeah, there could have been more opportunities that were for him to be had. Yeah. In terms of, like, you know, just even finding Jalen a crease. Yeah. Give an opportunity to drive inside and pass it out to an open shooter for that opportunity. But you know, like when it comes to that, that's you know, we but don't. You're know. Good, but I mean, um, I, th- I think at that point we're just uh, grasping at straws. Yeah, and we're just kind of being uh, critiquing. We're just critiquing like the little things, which is great. You know, I love the fact that we can come on a, on an episode of the summit and talk about. You know, moments like these where we cut, you know, how to improve the win as opposed, you know yeah, what I mean? There like, you, go. It's you know, true, so it's true, it's true. like it, it was great. And I, I really liked what you said, GM, in regards to the Jalen Green output. Um, the fact that he has that patented MIDI because we, there was a rocket that we had had a few years ago that was a absolute bona fide superstar. His number is going to be retired, Mr. James Harden himself. And you saw him going away from the MIDI. I hope and I pray that Jalen Green keeps that mid-range jumper in his bag and continues to not even just use it, but to improve upon those moves in the mid-range because that's going to pay dividends down the road when you're a playoff contender, when you are competing for the play-in, maybe this year, quote-unquote. It's still, the, 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 the opportunity is still alive. The, the, Guys, the boys, alive. boys and girls, whoever's listening to this, the Rockets are four and a half out of the 10 spot. It's there. It's four and a half. Four and a half with like 60 plus games remaining. There is a viable chance for th- for them to still make the play in. But I need Jalen Green to not lose the ability to score that mid-range jumper when the chips are down, when you are uh when when the games get tough and the game gets small in playoff basketball, you need to be able to have a go-to move. They will pack the paint. They will take the drive away from you. They're going to push you off the three-point line. We saw that so many times when Chris Paul and James Harden were on the Rockets that you can only go to a patented move, and that is the mid-range. That is the move that Jordan, that Kobe, LeBron to a degree. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, Manu Ginobili did it. Tony Parker made a living there. Like These were like playoff you know, playoff performers that made their name etched in stone by winning championships, by making key shots that weren't just from the three, that weren't drive-ins, that were mid-range jumpers, clutch mid-range jumpers, that would lead them to winning an entire game just 
on the mid-range jumper alone. So I need Jalen Green to not just have that and lose it in the future. I need him to like continue continue to expand upon that game. Like expand on the bag of the mid-range jumper. Because when all else fails, the mid-range will always be there. The mid-range will always find its way to be there, especially in a man defense. So I hope he sticks the landing on that. And on top of that, GM, let's we need a dialogue now. Mm-hmm. Is Jalen Green starting to become the best player in the 2021 class because it's starting to look now granted i know that Cade cunningham hasn't been like he hasn't been making waves or headlines and i mean now there's jalen green by any means i mean we've only won that was only our fifth win of the season but you're seeing the strides that jalen green is taking the the fact that he you know anybody can you know i and i've always said this anybody can score in the nba jamal crawford can score lou williams can score these are great players, mm-hmm. but are they superstars? No, you you become you become from a good you make the leap from good player to great player when you start involving your teammates and getting them involved and impacting the game on not just one end of the court but both ends of the court. Mm-hmm. You're starting to kind of see that from Jalen Green. I still like personally for me, I still have yet to see a Jalen Green signature game. I need a signature game where he impacts the game in the clutch on offense and defense where we see big shots from him, him just go full takeover mode, you know, Mamba-esque, MJ-esque, LeBron-esque, I, uh, Curry-esque. I need to see that. I want that signature game from him, and I feel like that moment's going to come. But the leaps that he needs to take, the leaps that he needs to take as a as a player, where are you starting to see that? Like, are, you, like, are we starting to see him possibly be the best player in the 2021 draft because i mean obviously evan mobley's still there kate, kate cunningham's still there but and scotty barnes as well how do you feel about it from that 2021 class a year later now a year and a half later i think he is he's starting to push away and show that there is more to his game than just the volume score that people thought he was going to be jamal and, crawford <laughs> exactly and um it was i think that he's sh- proving everybody right Rockets fans correct in terms of the belief in what we in what we believed he was capable of and he has all the characteristics to be that guy and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he is going to be the best player out of that draft and he's out to prove a point man he's scoring with ease he's making plays with his passing getting into the paint. He's been more assertive in terms of getting to the line and driving to the bucket. So we're starting to see things that make Jalen be that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I think that's killing it. Yeah. Exactly. Just killing it. Doing really, yep. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's turn the page here. GM. I want to spotlight another player. I want to spotlight. I mean, who else? I want to spotlight my son. I want to spotlight Jabari Smith. A lot of people aren't going to see this from what I saw. From this, one of the things that stood out to me, um, every time I go to a game, I have to pay. I gotta pay attention. I gotta see if my my son's doing work. I gotta watch. I you gotta do, make sure. You do, you do. Gotta make sure he's paying attention. He's he's listening to the game plan. But I thought two things that really stood out to me that you will not see on a live broadcast. Two things. One, we we were so close. I heard I heard audible dialogue of Jabari Smith uh, commanding the commanding the defensive position. In the at least in the second quarter when he was in the game and he was telling everyone where to go. Like Jabari was like Jabari was like screen coming right, screen coming left. Yo, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, I'm dropping down, dropping down. Okay, go up, go up. Like he's telling everybody where to go. And that 
that was so like instrumental for me to like be like okay like this this is what this is like I, I I had to tilt my head back and be like this is what I've been waiting for this is what I've seen I imagined it Auburn Jabari Smith the guy with the confidence the swagger the the ability to know that he's the best defensive player on the goddamn floor no matter the team and the ability to command the troops accordingly on the defensive end to be that anchor I'm starting to see it and it is a beautiful thing to see I cannot wait to see where he's going to take that so that's point number one point number two he misses a subsequent three later on that second quarter as well it was a pit it was a picture perfect play for him actually oh yeah yeah, it was a picture-perfect play for him in the second quarter, and he misses a wide-open three. You can tell it was a set play for him because it was a beautiful play. I think it was kind of like it was one of those where uh, they set a screen, and then he ended. He starts. Uh, he starts up top, then he goes to the nipple, and then he drops down to the corner um, because everyone was sh- shifting towards Jalen Green and KP at the top, either from the left elbow or at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. And then Jalen Green was able to whip it to Jabari from the corner. Jabari misses the three. It was a wide-open three. He just missed it. I mean, there's there's no excuse. He misses it. He misses it, and then they call a timeout. He proceeds. Everyone proceeds to go to the bench, and Silas is going from the bench to the free throw line uh, of of the closest side near the bench. So he's walking towards that free throw line, and Jabbar, everyone's heading towards the bench except for Jabbar. He is beelining it straight to Silas, and I, you know, I paid attention. I was like, well, "What is he doing?" And I didn't know what he was doing, and then. I didn't see what Jabari said, but I read Silas's lips because he turned and he turned towards us, and then he was saying Jabari. And he's he 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 gave a fist bump to Jabari. And he said, "You're." He's like shaking his head. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're good. You got it. Like I could see that him mouthing that. You're good. You got it. You're fine. And I think that that is huge for someone like Jabari to hold himself accountable to know that that's on me. I need to hit that. That's on me, coach. Like you drew the play up for me. I am I am a career 40 40% three point shooter and I missed a wide open three. That's on me. Like I appreciate the fact that he's willing to take responsibility. There's so much maturity in this 19-year-old that not a lot of people are seeing that I need this agenda to get pushed cuz cuz no no one's going to see it or no one's even going to talk about it on a podcast. I dare you to listen to go on any other Rockets podcast and I dare you to see if anyone else is talking about it. I'm telling you they're not talking about it. It's just from what I saw that last game and we're not at every game but I saw that and that was a big deal to me. GM the leaps and strides that Jabari Smith is taking this game. Every game he's played. He had 15 points last night. What are we seeing from him? What is the things that are standing out to you the most amongst like his play? Um, the things that we're starting like that I'm starting to see in terms of like his overall play is like his confidence. Like last night, I don't even remember if you mentioned it, Ken, but him like grabbing a rebound, taking the ball up the court, and then subsequently pulling up for three with and, confidence and nailing it with, with confidence. confidence. That's, that's Auburn Jabari right My there. My son, you know, and. To see him gain some confidence in that regard is what's going to open things up for the Rockets. Um, he's not hesitating to take these threes, and it when he is not hesitating, uh, the floor opens up because someone's got to come out to guard him. That just means there's more space to operate. And who are the guys that benefit from that? Oh, you know, guys like Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and Alperin Shangun, just say a few that typically hold the ball in terms of making plays and controlling the offense. 
that is certainly one thing. And then you said like the leadership on the floor, him accepting responsibility for his mistakes, but also holding other guys accountable on the defensive end. Um, even as a rookie to be that guy, I think that is very important in terms of what he brings to the table is awesome. And I am very happy and I'm excited to see it, man. I think that it's going to be good. Um, I'm curious to see how it's going to be, not just when the record is like 5-14, and 14, the 20th games happening on Monday. I'm curious to see how it's like game 40, game 60, go, going from year one to year two. You know, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot, but I'm very excited to see it. Uh, Jabari has just been impressive overall in terms of his improvement because he has been one of the worst players in the league. Um, but granted, he is what the oh one yeah. Of, choose your next words very the, carefully. He's one of the youngest players in the league. There you go. Choose it very carefully. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just speaking truth. Uh, but you know, like in in, in that realm Nobody of things, the, the team itself in the league. is not very good yeah um but but yeah no hey, let's say that like let's, yeah yeah that's, no that's i get blame it. on the guys we have yeah. all we have a lot of talent here exactly exactly um gm before we go home here i want to go home on one more topic because this this needs to be talked about um eric gordon <laughs> we let's we need to have a dialogue on eric gordon gm i want to give the floor to you eric gordon look He's a seven-year vet. He's been here for seven years. If he stays next season, he will have stayed the exact length that James Harden has had stayed as a Houston Rocket. James Harden stayed here for eight years. Gordon's on year seven right now. If he stays really? and comes year back. Seven? Oh, wait. He's so year 2016, seven. 16, 17. Yeah. Yep. That's this right. is year seven. Mm-hmm. If he continues on to next year, he will have been here the same exact length as superstar James Harden was a Rocket. GM, where does Eric Gorf go? From, Eric Gordon go from here, and more importantly, where do the Rockets go from here with a KJ Martin looming, with a Jay Sean Tate that's looming at some point? I don't know how bad his injury is. He hasn't. He hasn't even. I don't. I haven't heard any update on him in regards to him like progressing, coming back from injury. But these are two wings that are, you know, that are chomping at the bit to get starting minutes. How do you feel overall about this Gordon situation? Uh, Eric Gordon's got to go. There's not really much to say. I mean, they say they value his vet leadership, you know. But in regards to that, I just don't think that – I no offense to Eric Gordon, you know. I'm not saying that he's not a leader, but I think his contributions in terms of leadership affect this team differently. Um, he's a little bit more passive based on what we see. Not passive in the sense of his, sh- of his shooting because I think he shoots a little too much. Um it's more so along the sense of like being a leader amongst men. Granted, they can say that he shows how many professional behind the scenes, but when you're on the court and you're one of the guys that's in leaders of whining about every call on the floor, um, you know, you're just not the ball handler that you used to be. You don't have the first step you used to have. And I think that there's certainly room to improve in that and i think that does not when it comes to improving that that does not include him does it make sense yeah yeah like when it turn when it comes to in terms of improving it's like we can probably do a good addition by subtraction thing which is if we subtract eric gordon it gives more guys concrete minutes and allows them to be like okay i don't have to worry about whether 
uh, EG will play this game, so I won't play very much. But when EG is not playing the next game, I know I'm about to get a ton of minutes. Why don't we just roll with we got cut bait with Eric, figure out a deal that works best for us, and go from there. Well, um, what what if what if because this has been in the rumor mill the past week or so, KJ Martin's been discussed. Like, KJ Martin and Eric Gordon together mm-hmm. have been discussed as a trade package, as a possibility of getting traded. So it seems that KJ Martin's kind of still on the tables of right now. But after the what we've seen from him, KJ Martin, this is where the line gets drawn in the sand. Me and the GM do not disagree about a lot of things, but I have a feeling we may disagree here. Where do you feel on, the, on, on this whole trade front with Eric Gordon and... KJ Martin's names being attached together anyways like there's no separate trade I'm reading on the in the rumor mill right now mm. from what from all the sources that are saying it's Eric Gordon and KJ Martin together so how do you feel about that it's not worth it um I, you don't add in a KJ Martin to get Eric Gordon traded for a certain piece um unless the value that you were getting back supersedes both um granted equal value is really hard to receive right but when it comes to that it's like no player really comes to mind in terms of like uh, replacement value in terms of a KJ and an Eric Gordon. Well, the Jonathan Kamingo was the one name that got brought up to come to he- yeah. that that as a possibility to come to the Rockets. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Well, how do you feel about that? I mean, you know, Jonathan you know? Kaminga is yeah. certainly a what is it project? As, yeah, he just doesn't have the. Um, he just hasn't accomplished as much, right? He's playing for a team that doesn't allow growth for um, being a young guy. Playing for the defending champs, the Golden State Warriors, man. That's a different offense, and that's an offense that's very, very, very hard to succeed in, you know? Um, and Kaminga is someone that's a very good player who could possibly be a good player. But, I mean, you know, it's not like I have a preference. Um, I'm not, like, going to say I'm not going to not. Um, I won't deal KJ Martin if, like, you know, it's like KJ, EG, blah, blah, for, like, Kaminga and another piece. Um, if the team believes that he is a piece that you can improve upon, sure. But you're probably going to have to pay Kaminga more than KJ um, when both those contracts expire. So why would you do that, you know, when that type of money can go elsewhere? Like a Jalen Green extension, uh, the free agents that will be available. Um, you know, that's how I feel about it. I so, feel like we can take a whole episode about talking about, like, the direction that we want this team to go in the 2023 offseason. Exactly. We can devote a whole Exa- episode exactly. on that. Exactly. I just don't think it's really worth the trade currently. Um, I would much, much rather get EG, Dacian Nix gone, and get me a vet point guard. Give me a vet backup point guard to help show the ropes, steady the steady the tide better than who did we get last year, Ken? Um, oh, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. Someone better than that. You know? Two words, baby. Derek Rose. Yeah, I'm all for that. I'd Bring love, him to I'd the lo- Rockets. I'd love Derek Rose. I want him on the Rockets mm-hmm. so bad. Like, I think he is the perfect vet point well, guard. I mean, he's been there. And like, he was an MVP. Perfect. He was humbled. And, you know, um, how effective he'd be here, who knows. Oh, but, he'd be a great, like, next to, like, a KP, like KPJ Jalen, like, to show these young guys the ropes of, like, hey, man, 
that your everything could be gone in a second like you need to understand like like that would be super dope and we're not gonna go into depth on this but like he in my opinion he's he's my pick he's my pick like some people believe george hill yeah. is an option he's a he's another he's another good option but for me it's 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 derrick rose i want derrick rose i mean if, if the you do what they got to do to get him here start to lose again um and they're like a little bit below 500 grand and they're at the tops in the west uh mike conley's a name as well um someone that you just but even though he's like very slow he's not as effective as he nearly was but someone that can definitely show these guys how to be a pro and how to make plays and help their vision on the floor but i mean you know overall if you're gonna ask me i want eric gordon gone said it from the beginning said it even before (laughs) James Harden got traded. We I wanted Eric Gordon gone. So yeah, well, you want everyone from that last regime, yeah, to kind of to get on out of here. Yeah, that's how I felt. Okay, yeah. that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I'm in the, I'm in the exact same place. Just it's not that we dislike Gordon. You know, we like to thank you for your services. We'll give you your. You know what I mean? It's like we'll give you your severance. Like <laughs> time to go to your. You know, time to go to another team and and try to go for a title. Uh, Eric Gordon's in that stage of his career. I think he should push more for that but i don't know i don't think he's i don't know if he's pushing as much i think he's just kind of like all right if you trade me trade me if you're gonna keep me here i guess i'll stay it's I like think he has a preference of yeah. teams i mean that's probably not going to be publicized but the question is like i mean i'm they, sure yeah i mean yeah i'm sure I mean, he has a preference they, they want to give him a chance to compete so yeah i get it I get but it. yeah i mean but i wonder in his book is is that tops in his mind like does he really really want to win a title? some people just some people just you know they're just they're just happy. They're you know they're just happy that they're playing. Vince Carter was in that mold, you know, where he was yeah, just sure. happy to play. He just wanted to play where he wanted to play, and he wanted to be happy. Yep. So and I and I get that. So we'll see what ends up happening there with Eric Gordon. Um, I guess to end here because GM gave his thought on it, but my thought on the KJ Martin front is just like he deserves to be a starter. No doubt in my mind in regards to that. I still think that the Rockets should still just keep their eyes and ears open. On if something good pops up with if if they can if someone can put a sweet deal out for KJ Martin, mm-hmm. I still think they should still look at it that way. Um, I don't think it's fair to KJ to be going back and forth with these minutes, starters minutes, bench minutes, whatever. Like give KJ something definitive. I think yeah. after the way he's been playing, I think he's earned it. Um, like I said, still doesn't deserve closing minutes, but. He definitely deserves it. This at least in this juncture of the season, and ga- going on game twenty, which would be today from the time this episode got uh, released, he deserves to be the starter. At least mm-hmm. uh, we're about a fourth of the way through the season, so yeah, we'll see what ends up happening there. GM, the Rockets are five and fourteen. We're getting ready to go home here. I am, I'm as happy as I can be, man. I really thought we were gonna lose. I thought we were gonna beat OKC, and I thought we were gonna lose, and I thought we were gonna be like. Four and what sixteen? I guess four and sixteen. Four yeah. and sixteen. Yeah, five and fourteen is a lot better than four and sixteen. I'll tell you that. Wait, five and fourteen? No, that's not right. It has to be four and fifteen. Four and fifteen. Four and fifteen. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like nineteen games for nineteen games of the season, so we'll be yeah. five and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Supposed to that. What more do you want to see? Last thing before we go home here. What more do you want to see from this team as they continue on to this? You know, a fourth of the way through the season. What more do you want to see from this team? I just want to see continued improvement. Um, one thing I want to see in particular is Kevin Porter Jr. bringing down his turnovers. We didn't get to talk about Kevin Porter Jr. too much, but 
Um, his, tur- his overall numbers look good, but in the matter of efficiency and his turnovers, I'm not sure if he's been playing that well, man. And I think that is something that we can certainly see improvement on. Um, bringing down those turnovers, man, because, I mean, that was the one thing I said to focus on in terms of his improvement this year. And what it, li- it seems like he just hasn't um, moved up in that regard. Granted, he's not as ball-dominant as he was last year. He's been more getting his than the flow. He's passing the ball more. But I just want to see more efficiency in that regard. Um, but anyways... That's certainly one thing. Another thing is Jalen being more assertive in the fourth quarter. I need to see that. I want to see Jalen dominate the touches in the fourth quarter. Um, I'd rather him just not pass the ball. You get yours. You figure out who's in a, who's going to shoot. You get into the paint or decide to shoot decide to shoot the three, or you know figure out uh, who's going to take the shot. I want Jalen to be the guy. And I think that is the next level of what, of where he needs to go. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay, sounds good. Sounds mm-hmm. good. I'm excited to see where they're going to go. And after the first 20 games, I just want to see Jabari, my son, continue to do what he does and uh, compete for that rookie of the year spot. Start proving everybody wrong. The confidence is going to build. The confidence is going to get there. And uh, I want them to build upon it. And, guys, like I said, um. I need the Rockets to lean somewhere, man. You're either going to lean for the play-in or you're going to lean towards going for number one in the draft lottery. Please lean towards something. We're 20 games in. (laughs) We're about to be 20 games in here. Please lean towards something because if we're going to push towards the play-in, I am all for it. Four and a half games back. Yeah. Start the countdown. It's coming. (laughs) Four and a half. So, and that's the thing. Before I just want to, you know, quickly harpen upon this before we go home. Also, one more thing. This team is vastly more talented than last year. I think that the viability, like... You know, we had a seven-game win streak last season that was super, like, lucky. Like, we won 20 games that entire year, and half of almost half of those wins came from the freaking seven-game win streak. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know what right? I mean? When you think about it, we only won 13 games outside of it. But um, this team has a success – not success. This team has the talent to make wins actually somewhat sustainable, like, as opposed to just a, a random seven-game squeak and then nothing else. You know what I mean? I think this team is actually a lot more talented and can actually do – more and actually garner more wins so telling y'all before man 30 plus wins let's do let's go for it f it why not so this guy we'll see what happens here i'm all for it let's get ready to go home here gm like we said man episode 134 uh we're just continuing to pump them out 134 134 yep we were episode 34 100 episodes ago we had our first guest raheel ramzanali shout out to raheel right was that the first episode 34 i don't know i don't remember 31 the baddie episode Maybe, I don't remember. Now I've gotten to the point episodes. now where it's everything's doubled, so I can't even, like... You know, I used to be like, the 31, the Batty episode, episode 40, the Harrison Barnes yeah. episode, episode, you know? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I used to have numbers that I used to go I, with. I don't, I don't remember. Um, episode 30 was Raheel. Episode 34 was uh, celebrating Akeem Olajuwon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, what a time. What so a time. now we're, one thir- we're 134, which took place June 15th, 2021. That was... A year ago. So we're a, a little year and a half, and a half in... Yeah. From that point, and uh, yeah, we're 100 episodes deep, so 134. Yeah, oh wow, continuing to pump them out, continue to do good stuff. GM, let's get ready to go home here. Uh, let's go ahead and, and do what we do best. Let's send them home happy. All right, guys. Well, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JP underscore 
Mira Bueno. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and TikTok at Summit, S-O-M-P-O-D. Follow us on Instagram where you see Kenny's fire reels, videos. Uh, also, heads up, he's going to be releasing a video tomorrow. I guess um, today. Or today, yeah. Today. today. Today, yeah. Sorry. That'll be today because tomorrow will be today when you guys are listening to this episode. <laughs> Solve that, that riddle. Was confusing. Solve that riddle. Yeah, so follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Summit State of Mind underscore POD. Follow the group at Apollo NBA and follow the company at Apollo HOU. So, and you can also follow me as well at Summit Commish. We're just, you know, we're super happy. Like we said, 134 episodes in and we're still pumping and we're still getting ready and we're still just getting started and, and there's always more things to do for us and uh, there actually is actually some stuff in the works actually currently as of right now so continue to keep your eyes out for that we actually are going to have a very fun episode coming in the next two weeks that y'all need to stay hopefully tuned for hopefully cross fingers yeah hopefully cross fingers that it works out because I'm, I'm it should but you know we'll cross fingers and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it there's obviously going to be watch parties coming up within the next several months as well so stay tuned on that front so we appreciate each and every one of y'all have a good week. Um, let's pray that the Rockets continue to the win streak going. You know, F it, 68 and 14, the dream lives. Let's keep going. Uh, let's go, Rockets. Y'all have a great week. Take care. The Summit for, 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 for Life.